Whistleblowers sometimes get little satisfaction in taking their concerns to first-line managers. Sometimes they become the butt of retaliation. And they often take their concerns to members of Congress, where the first reception line is staff members. Now, the Government Accountability Office has issued a set of best practices for Hill staff to deal with those concerns. Tom Temin spoke with the GAO's Director of Strategic Issues, Michelle Sager, about the guidelines. This particular product responded to a provision in the Legislative Branch Appropriations Committee report in 2019. And in that report, they directed GAO to identify best practices for congressional staff to use when interacting with whistleblowers and to identify what avenues currently exist in the legislative branch for whistleblowers to communicate with Congress. And this report is, a, is the result of our response to that mandate. And in general, a whistleblower that comes to Congress would not talk, at least not initially, with the member. Is that fair assumption? It really depends, although they can arrive in con- with a part of Congress in any number of ways. Often they will provide information over a website or they may appear in person in either a congressional office on Capitol Hill or in a district office, Uh, but often they would talk to a member of the representative or senator's staff. How well equipped are staff members? How well trained are they to deal with these? Because sometimes they're sensitive issues. They are very sensitive issues, and that is something that we tried to be very mindful of as we were conducting this work, that there are many different ways whistleblowers can arrive at Capitol Hill talking to a member of Congress or talking to a member of their staff, but also a a broad range of issues that may be confronting the person who is the whistleblower. And so extreme sensitivity and diligence and documentation is required to handle that information appropriately. And with respect to that first step intake, one of the guidelines says to develop written processes and guidelines, including protocols to keep disclosures secure. Is this something that you feel each congressional office should do, or should there be some sort of Congress-wide written procedure? There are a couple things we tried to reflect in our report. One is just the reality that any member of Congress, any congressional committee, any congressional staff person can end up interacting with a whistleblower on any given day. It's very unpredictable. And so part of what our report tries to do is help equip those individuals with the tools that could help them interact with whistleblowers. And so intake is that first step. Uh, We identified four basic steps that tend to characterize the process. Um, Intake is when they initially communicate with the whistleblower and that person provides information and a relationship is established. And then from there, the office can consider what happens next. Is this a priority for our office? Uh, Is there an action we need to take right now? Is there a threat to health or safety? Or is this something that we need to gather more information about? Um, And that may then lead them to refer this particular whistleblower to another entity as appropriate. Uh, It could be another congressional committee. It could be a personal office if the whistleblower is a constituent of a member in a particular district. Um, It could be a referral to the Office of Special Counsel or the appropriate agency inspector general or the Merit Systems Protection Board. And then as a fourth and final step, the office can think about how they follow up with the whistleblower to provide updates on the status 
as well as to find out whether delayed reprisal could occur. We're speaking with Michelle Sager, Director of Strategic Issues at the Government Accountability Office. One of the sets of advice says to develop good rapport. How does that happen? One of the things we talked about with a number of the individuals that we end, that we interviewed is the importance of developing that relationship of trust and finding out uh, kind of the basics, the background, the motivations perhaps about what is bringing this person to the either member of Congress, to the congressional staff, to the district office, or to Capitol Hill and establishing that rapport by asking a couple of key questions is really critical to establishing that relationship. And also the idea of setting reasonable expectations, that's part of rapport too, because sometimes whistleblowers are impatient people or they have a real fervor about what it is they're talking about. And the processes for resolution can take months or years. They can. And you can imagine if you were that person in that situation, this can begin to consume you. Uh, It's, of course, very important. Uh, There's a wide range of topics that can be the basis for this disclosure. Uh, So it's really important for congressional staff to just be clear about what they can and can't do, to set some expectations about how long the process potentially could take uh, if you're making a referral to another entity, uh, finding out whether or not the individual is comfortable with their name being disclosed, if they're not, what you can and can't do in terms of protecting their anonymity or providing confidentiality. So there are a number of kind of do's and don'ts, tips and tricks. We're not prescriptive in this report, but we did try to get a sense of the landscape of what currently exists based on those who have been doing this for a while and who have interacted with a wide range of whistleblowers. And what about the idea of going back to the original agency where the complaint came from and checking and verifying with, say, that person's supervisors? That could be a good thing or it could be fraught with danger to the whistleblower. Absolutely. And in some cases, certainly that is where the whistleblower may start out is communicating with their own management about what is happening that may or may not be successful, and as a result of that, that could be a reason why the whistleblower ends up reporting information to Congress in some fashion. And so protecting that information, which can often be very sensitive, is really important in terms of how congressional staff work with whistleblowers. And the GAO itself also communicated with some of the other whistleblower interactive entities in preparing this report. We did. We wanted to get a really broad view of what currently exists and how each of these entities does their work. And then from there, what some leading practices are in terms of how they do what they do. So this had a pretty broad range, a couple of broad categories where I mentioned congressional staff, We mentioned the executive branch officials, and then we also reached out to some advocacy groups. So this included everything from there's a House House of Representatives Whistleblower Protection Caucus. We did talk to the Office of Special Counsel. We talked to the Council of the Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency, otherwise known as SIGI. And then within Congress, we talked to staff representing a number of different committees that either provide support for congressional staff or are oversight committees looking across the government or, in some cases, authorizing committees that may have subject matter jurisdiction for different subject and policy areas across the federal government. 
And on that question of referral, I suppose a whistleblower might be inclined to say go to the Congress, represent the representative or senator from their own district. But really, the best place to go would be the committee that might have oversight over the agency. One of the things that's really challenging about the nature of this subject is there's no sort of no wrong door per se, in the sense that there's no best place to go. And one of the things we did here as we were talking to congressional staff is that often whistleblowers will go to multiple entities concurrently. So they may go to that authorizing committee that has subject matter jurisdiction. They may also go to the member of Congress that represents the place where the whistleblower lives. They may also have already reached out to the Inspector General for their own agency, and in some cases, they are going to all of those places at the same time. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.